When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Thriller Thursdays, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Chapter 24 At the top of the stairs, the passageway narrowed still more. The walls on either side of them were only about ten feet high, but above them was open space, and what looked like a great deal of it, though the light from their torches would not penetrate far enough to tell precisely. The walls were smooth and angled toward each other slightly as they neared the top, no doubt to make it nearly impossible to climb over them. The entire length of the passageway was covered with hieroglyphs, but after a cursory glance near the entrance to this new environment to look for obvious warnings, the Red Panda had ignored them in favor of making speed. They traveled in silence for a time, knowing they were getting close, but equally sure that their approach would not go unchallenged by the long-dead builders of this place. At last the Red Panda froze and held up his hand to stop his companions from speaking. They listened together, and could hear voices talking excitedly, arguing, perhaps, though the words were indistinct. He peered ahead, but turned back to see what the others thought, as the voices did not seem to be coming from ahead of them. The flying squirrel pointed straight up to the space above them, and the red panda could see at once that she was right. The angry voices were carrying over from a nearby passage that shared the same ceiling somewhere far above. Kit pointed to herself, and then up toward the ceiling, suggesting silently that she should climb the walls to take a look, but he shook his head and pointed ahead. They moved quickly, and with new urgency, but still in silence. Twenty feet further down the passage, they came to an opening to the right. The Red Panda turned to Max, who, after a moment's concentration, pointed straight ahead. There were quite suddenly voices that seemed to come from the passage to the right. Different voices, but arguing once again, and that seemed to settle everyone's opinion to avoid the turn. Soon there was an option to the left, and another to the right— while the stranger considered the options, the flying squirrel crept on ahead a dozen feet, returning quickly. "'Looks like this road dead ends up ahead,' she said, "'though there might be another door to the left before it does.' "'Oh, spectacular,' the red panda said quietly. "'This is a labyrinth.' "'It's this way,' the stranger said, pointing to the right. "'You're sure?' Kit asked. "'Quite certain,' Falcone replied, sounding it. The eye of Anubis seems quite keen on the idea of leaving this place. It is calling most distinctly now. The Red Panda tried very hard not to sound incredulous. Does this calling include providing directions through a maze? he asked. It does, came the reply. That suggests an intelligence at play, the Red Panda said. It does, Falcone agreed. 
If that seems difficult to believe, try and remember where we are and what we are doing, not to mention that we have done at least six impossible things before breakfast. I wasn't going to say that, the Red Panda protested. I was going to remind you that if there is an intelligence, it could be lying. It could even be Pavli or Thatcher trying to throw us off. Falcone considered this for a moment. No, he said simply with a shake of his head. The red panda and the flying squirrel exchanged a look. Good enough, he said. If you've got to trust somebody, it may as well be an ancient magic amulet, she shrugged. It's this way, Max said with a smile. Even with the stranger guiding them, moving quickly and barely slowing down to determine their course, they were still in the maze nearly an hour later, and Kit was beginning to lose her confidence. They heard voices from time to time, and they always seemed to be engaged in a furious argument in a language the flying squirrel did not understand, but they never directly crossed paths with anyone. Every length of passageway looked so similar. She forced herself not to consider them at all, which was the only way to convince herself that they were not going over the same ground again and again. That must be exactly what was setting the angry voices they could hear to arguing. Not just the fear that they would never get to their destination, but their increasing concern that they would never be able to find their way out. Kit Baxter found it impossible not to sympathize. Through it all, they maintained their silence. It was clear that there were a number of small groups scattered throughout the labyrinth, but logic suggested all of them were members of Pavli's troops, which meant that they were all enemies. If their foes were fighting amongst themselves, so much the better. Quickly and quietly seemed like the best policy. At last they rounded a corner at top speed and came instantly to a halt. The passage ahead was long and straight, perhaps a hundred yards, without a single twist, turn, or alternate exit. And from the vast doorway, at the end of the passageway, there was an unearthly glow that bathed the long stone hallway in its radiance. The light itself was more than simple illumination, there was something almost living about it. It seemed to pulse just slightly, and there was something that made it hard to look away. Each member of the trio was elated to be so near to their goal, even if there was still the return journey to be made. If they were the first, and could slip out before the others found this passage... It was a moment before the red panda spotted them, two dark shapes moving cautiously along the passageway ahead of them, clinging to the walls toward the goal. The shapes were nearly halfway down the length of the passage already, and he signaled to Kit, who had not yet discerned the shadows for what they were. They set their torches on the ground carefully, and immediately picked up their pace, running as quickly as they could while still being totally silent. They needed to close the distance and do it fast before the pair of henchmen in front of them began to shout their discovery to the rest of their fellows, still lost in the maze. Falcone hurried behind, but he understood the need for silence as well as they did, and he did his part to do nothing to betray the coming attack. The red panda was no more than ten feet from striking distance when a loud cry was heard from behind. They stopped in their tracks, but there was nowhere to hide when the two members of the late El Numer's guard turned around and immediately drew their pistols. Rats, the red panda said. There was a small coo from beside him. More rough talk, the flying squirrel said, grinning even as she raised her hands. And we just don't have the time. One of the gunmen shouted something that neither of the heroes understood. 
Do you speak that language? the flying squirrel asked. I think he was telling you to behave yourself, the red panda smiled. But it loses something in the translation. The man did a little more shouting and gestured with his pistol for them to raise their hands higher. They obliged. "'Which one do you want?' the red panda asked pleasantly. "'I'll take the fat one,' she smiled. "'He could use the exercise. "'Is Max closing the distance to us like a good boy?' The man with the pistol said something quite emphatic, and the red panda thought it best to humor him slightly, so he nodded just a little. "'That is far enough, Falcone,' Pavli's voice called out from the far end of the passage. "'A shame for you to come so close, only to lose the race here.' Other voices could be heard now, closing the distance, honing in on their master's voice. The second man, guarding the masked heroes, the one Kit had declared to be the fat one, now called out to his master, speaking rapidly and excitedly. He and his partner had been the first in the passageway, and no doubt he was keen to keep the credit for the discovery. He called out again, and began walking toward the ambient glow from the end of the hall— he took only three or four more steps, but in doing so, the red panda noted, he had reached the precise middle of the passageway, just as great a distance to continue on as to turn back. It would have been the perfect place to put a— The red panda's train of thought was cut off by a cry of alarm from a member of Pavli's group. It had been a simple thing, just the sound of stone grinding against stone— and if they had not all spent hours in an underground madhouse that tried to destroy them at every turn, they might not have noticed it for another moment. But the truth could not be avoided. Along the entire length of the passageway, the walls were closing in. Thank you for listening to Thursday Thrillers right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic live and theatrical audio plays, Tuesday Terrors for horror audio drama, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase bringing you the very newest in audio releases from our United Artists of Audio right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together. Together.